0: Hello guys, welcome to the podcast. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. So first, happy juneteenth i know it's the 20th but i still want to say happy juneteenth thank you to all of my black women who support and tune in if it was not for black women i would not be in the position i am today when i first started this podcast it was black women who's come to my dms all the time and tell me hey girl we see you we love you keep going always being so supportive so my service is for black women first because if it was not for black women i would not be on this podcast and you no, know, be this far. So, thank y'all so much. I love all of my black girls. You make it happen every single time. So, happy Juneteenth. A little quick update. So all of my work from home equipment came in today and I set everything up and I'm starting on the 26th of June. And I don't know, I feel so overwhelmed and bittersweet. Like I'm happy about this transition because I've been manifesting this. It's been a desire of mine for a long, long time to have a remote lifestyle where I do all of my content creating my one-on-one coaching my podcast all from home while still having some stable income in so I am so happy but then again I feel kind of sad because I made so many memories at my old job I met some I met great friends and not only that but at my old job I just learned so much and I've been through so much so to now be closing out this chapter. I'm a little bit emotional, but I'm also so excited and I'm looking forward to go to this new Chapters, So thank y'all for always being here with me. It's been a journey with this podcast, connecting with you guys. And I feel like I'm growing alongside with y'all. And it feels like a beautiful community that we're all just creating. So as you can see, my podcast cover has also been updated. It was very intentional. And my podcast is now going to 12,000 streams. And I'm growing so much. My podcast is growing very, very, very fast. And I'm getting so many followers and listeners and I want to have a podcast cover that represents this change not only within this podcast and also my listeners but also myself there has been so many rebirths that I feel like you guys have been through within this journey of me podcasting and also myself and I feel like it was just time to change the cover art so I uploaded on my Instagram a beautiful caption dedicated to this change of my cover art and I hope you guys are following my Instagram. If you are not, please go follow all of my social medias. So I want to read you guys the caption. Lately, I've been reflecting on my own initiations, and I realize how much abundance I've created in the midst of my personal struggles and overcomings. I realize how much women I am leading into their own initiations and priesthood and how much I've deepened to my own priesthood. When I first started Sacred Sharp Radio, the intention was to simply be heard. I was just coming out of many death cycles, and from those death cycles, I was heartbroken and angry about so many things. However, as I began to speak, I saw how god and the divine mother began to transmute my pain into empowerment they knew my stories could heal but if i'm speaking from a place of anger how would anyone truly hear me the more i created these podcasts and the more i used my voice the more i saw myself beginning to free myself the more i began to use my platform to be a voice for not only myself but for women the more my internal landscape thrived I find joy in my purpose and my service. I recently changed my podcast cover and the cover is me looking up to the trees asking for its wisdom as I'm surrounded by creation. The picture is dark as it symbolizes deep ancient wisdom and knowings. If you didn't know, I am a tall girl and I blend in right with these tall century old trees. I am exploring deeper realms within myself and you will notice this within my podcast. Welcome to a new chapter. Welcome to priesthood. And with that being said, let's drop into this podcast episode. So I'm going to try to get this in one take. So let's go. So this is really a part two to my last podcast episode where I talked about what it means to become a sovereign woman, building independence and building maturity. This is really part two because these centering your mom has a lot to do with the woman's sovereignty and how woman comes into her full independence. When she learns her mom is not her center and her mom, her life should not revolve around her mom. Also, I have my notes right here. So you hear pages flipping. Yes, that is my notes. When it comes down to a woman and when she initiates, she will learn that her mom is not all there is to her. There's more to her. There's more to her priesthood than just her mom. And she has to decenter her mom. When we discuss decentering men, we have to first discuss decentering your mom. Because the woman's relationship, her first ever connection is with her mom, so the reason why she can't descent her men is because she learned at an early age to not be sent to her mom. So, what happened was that not being able to be sent to her mom that spilled over into her getting into other connections and not being able to decent her. These connections, whether it's with her friends, men, she can't decenter them because at an early age she learned to always center her mom. So, when a woman learns to decenter her mom, it'll be easier for her to decenter men, decenter her friends, decenter this, decenter that because her first ever connection she learned what it meant to be independent and sovereign so i want to first credit the book women who wrote the wolves because this concept of decentering your mom was well constructed by this book especially when it mentioned how a mother is supposed to pass all of her knowings down to her daughter. That led me to my own thinking. I was like, that is very, very true. And I realized, oh, this is really what it means to decenter your mom. The mom is supposed to build her daughter's oracle. The mom is supposed to pass everything down to her daughter. So that leaves her daughter with no room to fully depend or her mom, but when you have a mom who is not passing down anything, she isn't sharing stories, she isn't sitting you down and giving you this nourishing, life-giving wisdom, the daughter will center her mom. The daughter will center those around her because she didn't learn independence. Sovereign mothers raise sovereign daughters. And so I don't want people to take this concept And think that this means, you know, oh, with narcissistic mothers, because this concept of decentering your mom is not just with narcissistic mothers. A mother who is very, very healthy and sovereign and independent within herself, she actually encourages that her daughter decenter her. She does not want to be everything to her daughter. So a good mom, a mom who is life-giving, a mom who encourages her daughter to swim in her own knowings, she actually agrees with the philosophy of decentering your mom. It is only a mom who loves dependency, who loves the control, who wants to be the front seat in every single part of her daughter's life that will not go along with this idea of her daughter decentering her because she understands the moment her daughter decenters her. That's the moment where a daughter reclaims all of her power. She reclaims her independency. She gains her sovereignty. And moms who are who love dependent people, sovereignty is a scare to them. Sovereignty to anybody who loves dependency, whether it's abusive husband, an abusive friend. Independence is their weakness. They hate independent people. That goes to saying with a mom. Who does not encourage you to decent to her? She loves the dependency. That's how she thrives. That's how she feels in control. But a mother who is healthy and who is sovereign, her in controlness, how she thrives is knowing that okay, my daughter can swim in her own knowings. My daughter got it all by herself. She doesn't need me for real anymore because I've taught her everything I pass down everything to my daughter and that's how a successful a good healthy parent feels they aren't going to feel inferior they won't in, They they won't feel out of control instead they will feel happy they will feel good but see what happens is a lot of parents want control a lot of parents love dependency and so we're wondering why a lot of women cannot decenter men we're wondering why the mother wound is so big why a lot of women are now complaining about how I had to spend these years healing my mother wound and I didn't know I had a mother wound until this it's because Decenter your mom is such a new concept, and when I first brought this out on TikTok, everybody was like, "Oh my god!" It was people even disagreeing with me. Like, no, girl, I love my mom. I would never. And the truth is, let me repeat myself: Decenter your mom does not mean we hate our mom. Decentering your mom simply means you are taking her off of a pedestal. You are taking her out of the center. Nobody should be in the center of your life except you. And this is what decentering your mom means. And a mother who is, again, healthy, she understands decentering your mom is not stunting the growth of their daughter, but it's actually encouraging the growth. So when I first posted it, there are people disagreeing with me. Like, oh, my God, girl, I disagree. If y'all have abusive mothers, just say that. And they like, girl, listen, even if our mothers were abusive, even we had horrible mothers, Decent to your mom isn't just reserved for the girls with, you know, terrible shit mothers. Decent to your mom includes every single woman because when it it comes down to becoming sovereign, independent, she has to one day go without her mom. One day, your mom will not be on this planet and you need to be able to go without her. You need to be able to be that mother, to be that grandmother, to be that wise woman. You can depend on your mom forever. And that's just the truth. So the centering your mom includes making certain decisions without her to build self-trust, forming your own personal perspectives, creating your own identity outside of her, learning how to not tell her everything as there are parts of your life that deserve sacredness. And this is a big one because I know for me growing up, I used to tell my mom every single thing under the sun like if I had this going on or that going on I would tell her and don't get me wrong if you have a good relationship with your mom you may do this as you know that's like your quote-unquote best friends but the truth is excuse me there are parts of your life that deserves sacredness there are parts of your life that deserves privacy and when you're telling your mom this and that and this and that and you're telling her every single thing that's going on within your life that leaves no space for things that are meant to be sacred and so when I I came into my sovereignty and I came into my independence I learned how there were just parts of my life that I just did not want to tell my mom There are parts of my life that I feel comfortable just keeping to myself. And does that mean, oh, I'm being sneaky or this and that? No, it just means that I don't feel, I don't feel like I need to share everything with everyone. That goes the same with my friends or even maybe my partner. I don't want to share every single thing that goes inside my life because there are moments in my life that deserves sacredness. And also not including yourself in all of her business. And this is also very important because you have mothers who will get into marriage problems or they will have things going on in their life and they'll include their daughter and everything, tell their daughter everything. A thing about becoming a sovereign woman, independent, a thing about mothers who are sovereign, they would never do that. Mothers who are independent, sovereign, do not put their daughter in their business. That is unhealthy. And I just want to mention this. I am not a professional therapist. I am somebody who reads a lot of books and have a lot of experience. So now I'm speaking to you. I don't want you guys to think I'm I'm a professional therapist. (laughs) Therapy, if you need therapy, professional help, I would recommend therapy. But here's the thing. Your mom is not, should not be telling you every single thing in the book okay that's unhealthy it is unhealthy for a mom to tell all of her business to her daughter because see what happens is the daughter realizes oh my mom is going through marriage problems I need to save and rescue my mom I need to help my mom the daughter will center her because the mom has placed all of her issues on top of her daughter that's unhealthy and it's not normal and see we normalize you know this best friend archetype right and there's nothing wrong with being very close to your mom nothing wrong with that that's actually very great but when you have a mom who does not know boundaries that don't know okay I'm crossing the line with this my daughter should not be knowing about what's going on in my life this aspect there is boundaries with a best friend There's boundaries I have even with my closest friends. There's boundaries. There's certain things I don't tell them. There are certain things I don't share because there are boundaries. And when you have a mom that do not understand boundaries, this is what causes the daughter to center her mother. So we wonder why all the, like these daughters Right, I had clients that came into my one on one coaching and I would meet these daughters who would consistently talk about their mom. My mom did this. And I'm, and the reason why I'm like this is my mom and my mom did this. And, you know, my mom made me like this. And this is why I talk like this is because my mom and I, you know, and it was very important for me to realize this all came from the fact that you sent your, your mom. And not only do you send to your mom, but it's not your fault because she made it to where you had to send to her. See, some mothers will force you to send to her. Some mothers will put you in a position where you can't do nothing but send to them. And that's part of the manipulation control that a lot of mothers um, put onto their daughters to control them because they hate independency. So these daughters will come into my one on one mentoring and they will consistently talk about their mom and consistently talk about their mom. And what it is, is you grew resentful. When a woman centers her mom, she will grow resentful and she will grow resentful because there's a mark at every single woman's life where she realizes. I lived my life for everybody but me. And I centered my mom in every single thing. My career choice, uh, my life path, my my, um, partner. I centered my mom in everything. She decided every single thing in my life. And so now you're resentful. Now you're angry. Because you centered her. But see, when you learn to decenter your mom, you, you, you don't become resentful because you begin to live the life that you want to live. But when you center her, that's the anger. The anger is coming from the fact you have centered her. You have made her your entire existence. So now you feel resentment. And what the woman must understand is... Is there must be a righteous anger. Because it is righteous anger. I have a whole podcast on speaking about righteous anger. And what it really means. It's righteous anger that you feel. And every single woman needs to hold a space. For that righteous anger to be felt. Because see after years of you being a child. And a teenager. You didn't know what it was. And then you become an adult. And then you realize what it is. Yes you do get angry. It's like this entire time. I was being manipulated. I was being controlled and I couldn't protect myself because I didn't know. And now I know. And so I'm angry because the woman that I trusted with my life, the woman that I went to, to be protected, to be nourished this entire time, she's been manipulating me, controlling me, trying to keep me shackled. And there's an anger with that. And you need space to feel this righteous anger. But here's the thing. In the midst of you feeling that righteous anger, you need to also be creating. The woman must always create and create and create and create to keep herself from things like depression and things like, you know, a sad, unfulfilling life. In the midst of you feeling that righteous anger, she must create. Keep living. Live. And what I mean by that is you need to be doing something that aligns with the life that you are desiring. Now that you know that you've sent to your mom, what can you do now to de her? To live the life that you want to live. Now the question is, how can I create amidst this destruction? Because now we're aware of the destruction. It's like when a city burns down. Do the government of that city blow, like, oh, y'all, the city burnt down. We can't do nothing about it, y'all. We just got to sit here and just cry about it and be angry about it. No. The city is going to say, okay, we need to raise some money. We need to start a charity. We need to um, hire some people who can build. They're going to get to building. They understand destruction the is there, but we got to rebuild the the city ain't gonna be like y'all we just gotta cry and be angry we just gotta sit here and do nothing about it y'all the city just been destroyed y'all we can't the city is gonna do anything in its power to to come back and to create the city creates even with destruction you are that city what can you be doing to create now that you see the destruction What can we be doing now to create? And, And while you're creating, you'll feel that resentment and that anger beginning to lessen. And it's lessening because you're releasing it through creation. As you create the life that you want, that resentment from you always centering your mom and living your life for your mom, it begins to leave your body. Because see, now you're in the spirit of creation. And something that I've learned from this woman is she was on YouTube and she has said depression comes from the fact that people are not creating. Follow me. When you don't create, this is where depression comes from. This is where depression starts. Women, our wombs are meant to create. Our wombs are meant to give life. And when it isn't giving life, what happens? You are now easy to the frequencies of depression and sadness and anger because you have stopped yourself from these life giving frequencies like creation. Creation is what women have to consistently be in. If the woman is not creating, if she's not even making an effort, she's going to become depressed. She's going to become angry of everybody around her. And the thing about independence and the sovereignty is also learning that when you understand that you have sent to your mom in your entire life and you have done nothing about it after you discovered that and you are still complaining, you haven't done anything about it. Now is your fault. Please don't give me one star rating. Please don't. Please don't go on my Apple podcast and write out a whole review about how I'm such a horrible person because of, I said that it's true. When you realize the trauma and you don't deal with that trauma, this is part of being sovereign, independent, and you don't deal with that trauma after you realize about it, how you deal with that is your responsibility. You don't want to be 45, 50, 60, 75, 80, still talking about how my mom should have done this for me and my mom didn't do this for me. At some point, when do we... Take accountability and say, I have the space now to create. And when you are using that space to its highest potential, guess what? There is nobody to blame but you. Because see, mama can't be the punching bag forever. I know it sounds unfair, but it's the truth. And when you are continuously, and even from my one-on-one coaching, when I had women who would come in and they would consistently use their mom as the punching bag. And I would have to tell them at some point, you can look in that mirror and say, the reason why I am not living the life that I want to live is not because of my mom. Yes, it is because of my mom. She did lay the ground. But once I realized and discovered the ground that I'm laying on and I didn't do anything about it, now that's my fault. Now that's me. Now I got to deal with that on my own because mama can't be the one to blame forever. And that is just the truth. And so a lot of people become resentful also because they don't learn how to, I mentioned on my, on my TikTok what I said, they don't learn how to forgive others and themselves so you're angry still at the age, I know six-year-old women who are still angry about their moms. And it's because you didn't, when you recently found out that you sent to her, you didn't create a space in which you could safely feel that righteous anger. So you kept that righteous anger inside your body forever and ever and ever and ever. And now you're 85. 85. You're 95, you're 100, still angry over a story that had the space to be rewritten. And you don't want to be that way. So, this is why, when it comes down to mothers and it comes down to daughters, teach your daughters to decenter you. And daughters, decenter your mom, decenter them because see what happens when you don't decenter your mom and while a lot of mothers um this is where a lot of mothers mess up even with me seeing a lot of moms who are good who are nourishing but they're so close and tight with their daughter and it's like you have to have space to decenter you got to decenter them this is why it's so important the mom spends the daughter youth for years you know 5 8 19 I don't 19 is a youthful year. It is a youthful year, but you no, know, 17, 16. These are the ages where mothers are supposed to be training their daughters. These are the training years. These are the years where the daughter is in this space where she can learn. And so when the daughter is not being fulfilled in those training years, what happens? She centers her mom. Because see, some moms wait till too late to teach their daughters things. They wait till too late. No, you spend your daughter youthful years, those training years, building her, coaching her, teaching her, mentoring her. You spend those years showing her right from wrong. You spend those years in that boat, teaching her how to move the boat in that river here here's your excuse me here's your river now let me teach you how to swim in this okay get this now you're going to roll the boat like this and you're going to turn this way if you see this go across it you teach her how to swim in her knowings if the boat flips over and now you have to swim this is how we swim this is how you get yourself back to shore this is how deep you should go and sometimes you want to go deeper. This is how you hold your breath. This is how you hear some breathing techniques. That's what a mother is supposed to do in her daughter's training years, teaching her every single thing. So her daughter's oracle, because her daughter's an oracle, you want to be building that. You want to be making sure that her daughter knows everything because one day you won't be here. So you spend those years teaching and coaching her on every single thing but see what happens is women go out there in those rivers they can't swim in it they don't know any breathing techniques and so luckily for women like me I had to learn on my own how to swim I had to learn on my own how to okay this is how I navigate okay this is how we breathe after many failed attempts because I drown in my river many and many of times but dear to you know god from saving me from those drownings he taught me this is how you swim divine mother taught me this is how you swim this is how you breathe okay when your boat flips over what do we do we do this they coached me they coached me and you have some women who got out there into those rivers and never made it back because their mother didn't teach them anything and so you have women like me who are lucky, who were guided by spiritual forces. And you have some women who made it out there and never ever came back. Who they boat flipped over and they didn't know how to breathe and they drowned. Who went out there and when they were trying to swim, it was like they couldn't, the the water pressure was too bad. Because their mothers never taught them the art of decentering them. And the art of decentering them means passing down everything, passing my wisdoms, passing my knowings. But you have a mother who just throws you out there without teaching you anything. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? And really what all this is is the art of self-sourcing and self-trusting so when women want to learn how to build confidence when they ask questions on how do i learn to self-source and self-trust this is the navigation the route to that also, you hear weird backgrounds. That's my chair. It makes these weird noises. But I want to mention the three archetypes that I've written down, the three archetypes of mothers who we tend to have a hard time decentering. And the first archetype I got from the book, Women Who Run with the Woods, I love that book so, so, so much. The first archetype would be called the unmothered mother. I have my notes right here. This archetype is very common, and this archetype describes a mother who lacks a sense of self due to her own failed mothering. So, because this mother did not have a guiding mother in her own life, she will fail her daughter. And this is why we call her the unmothered mother. Because she was not safely guided into her own rivers, because she doesn't know how to swim in her own rivers, she cannot properly teach her daughter how to swim in her own. She cannot properly teach her daughter how to navigate her own river. So the unmothered mother can be sometimes very critical. The unmothered mother can be mean. She can be lacking in nourishment. She can, you know, sometimes stray away from nurturing her own daughter because she is also a mother. So the unmothered mother creates an unmothered child. And it's why it's so important when a mother mothers realize they didn't have that guiding parent in their own lives, go to therapy, go to coaching, read books. This is why I'm so big on like when people um, start having children, when they realize, okay, I want to have a family. Please, for the love of God, go to therapy before you have children. I don't care what anybody says. I will die on that hill. <laughs> Please, not literally, I won't manifest that, but <laughs> Please go to therapy before you have children. Go to therapy because what happens is you become the unmothered mother and your child is now the unmothered child. So now your child centers you and cannot decenter you. Because the child badly wants the mother's validation. The child has spent their life being critiqued, um, not knowing how to navigate this world. So the child will look up to their mom because the child is begging for this nourishment, this validation. The child will just never, ever get unless the mother mother truly heals her own wounds. The second mother I found is called the magnet mother. The magnet mother is a mother who does not respect our personal space and boundaries. And this mother can also be called the helicopter mom. And this is the mother that I struggled with a lot in my younger years, especially in high school. I had a helicopter mom. And so the magnet mother wants attention 24 7. Not only does she want attention, but if she doesn't get that attention, she's going to riot. And not only that but the helicopter mom the magnet mother they want to know every detail in their child's life they want to know what's going on at this time i need to be here i need to be there the magnet mom can also be a mom who wants to be the child's best friend so she's telling her child all of her business she's consistently calling texting her child and while the child may think oh we're just really really close no, the mom lacks boundaries. And so the magnet mother can have this very unusual um, attachment with her child. And a very great example i love to mention is the Bates Motel. If you, if you guys watch Bates Motel, that relationship between, I think her name was, it's been a long time, Norma Gina, her child. That was a the archetype of the magnet mother. A mother who is so freaking close to her child and so much so there's no boundaries. It's like we tilt up to everything. I go here, you go there, I I go here, you go there. And this is a mom who does not understand that personal space exists. That your daughter needs space to grow. And when you're not giving her that space to grow, this is why a lot of kids have hard time making friends because their mom always has an input. The magnet mother can also be a mom who consistently has an input because they're so close because they're you know so tight with each other. The magnet mother can have an opinion on all of her child's life. Every aspect, she has an opinion. And this comes from there being no boundaries. So the closeness is not a bad thing. It's great that you're close with your mom. However, when there's no boundary, this is what it creates. A magnet mother. A mother who feels entitled to every single part of your life. She needs to know everything. Like Blueface Mom, this is a magnet mother. She wants opinion. She has an opinion on your love life. She has an opinion on your career choice, on where you go, how you move. She wants to be included in every single aspect of your life. And this can create a child who resents their mother in the end because it's like, you know, you're so freaking close. Back up, please i need space to grow and the magnet mother just does not believe in that the magnet mother does not believe in no space because there's no boundaries so the child will center the magnet mother because the child all the child knew their entire life was their mom to be the center my mom is my only friend. My mom is my only this and only that. So, this is what creates a dynamic in which the child cannot decenter their mom. And the last and third archetype I want to mention is the tough mother. And this mother archetype is very, very, very almost similar to the unmothered mother. The tough mother is emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually abusive. Not only that, but she's highly critical and she always critiques her child. Like she has a critique for everything. And this also kind of reminds me of my mom too. Like they're very, very, very incredibly critical and you can look at their, they can, they can look at their child and read them down. Like they can look at their forehead, look at their shoulders, look at their toes, and just read them down to the ground. The tough mother, because she is almost like the unmothered mother, because she didn't have that loving force in her own life. She believes that love is earned. She believes the best kinds of love is love that is earned. So she's going to set these expectations for you. She's going to set you to this bar. And if you don't reach that bar, her love isn't earned. Okay. She believes the best kind of anything is earned. Everything needs to be accomplished with hard work. That's what makes her tough. This is why we call her the tough mother, because she believes that you're supposed to earn everything. You're supposed to suffer because she maybe suffered in her childhood she believes that anything that is easy to get that anything that you know she believes that her children should not live a good life that her child should not live, live a easeful life because she didn't live that life she had to earn everything so now she's like you have to earn everything so tough mother will critique her child she will belittle her child all because she wants her child to meet the expectations so she can earn her love and so we wonder why especially women who come these daughters who come from the tub mother archetype they get into abusive relationships they can't be decent to her men they get into friendships that are unhealthy it's because the daughter group this notion that okay love is conditional this is what the tough mother teaches that my love is conditional I give you love if you act this way I'll give you love if you meet this standard if you become this rich lawyer you get my love if you do this for me you get my love love on her terms is conditional and this is very popular within like black households um and I don't I don't want to speak for any other communities but I know a lot of women who were who raised in Hispanic households or, you know, immigrants, they would say this a lot, how they always pushed me to become a lawyer or a doctor. They were very critical. And these are mothers who had to, their lives were spent, you know, trying to work and trying to work hard to get their kids a certain position. So now she's tough with you. Her love in her form is conditional. She believes you earn my love. So now the child will center her. Why? Because the child wants that validation. The child's like, okay, I need to meet this expectation. I need to marry this kind of partner. I need to get this kind of job because I want my mom to validate me. I want my mom to love me. Because the child, that's all the child wants is just to be loved. All the child wants is to be loved. So the child will do anything to get the tough mother's validation. And so with me explaining all three of these archetypes, all three of these archetypes have one thing in common. Although they're different, they have one thing in common. And that one thing in common is these kinds of mothers stunt their daughter's growth. These kinds of mothers, they sort of kill the daughter's psyche. They, they kill the daughter's instinctual levels. They kill it instead of growing it, instead of prospering it. And why? Because these mothers, as I just explained to you, these mothers, their psyche has been killed. Their psyches have been damaged. So all they know to do is to do that to the women in their village. These mothers cannot, unless they really go do the healing work and go to therapy, they cannot build sovereign, independent daughters. It's why it's so important, even for men, because a lot of men have a hard time decentering their mom. I knew men in my life who could not decenter their mom, and it was annoying being around them. And it goes on to my next point. When you cannot decenter your mom, guess what? You can't make friends. I had this one friend, a, a little story time, and this friend, she was the only child, and her her mom was so, so close. Her mom was like a magnet mother, and they were so close. She had an opinion on every single aspect of her life. Her mom told her all her business. They were incredibly close because she was the only child. So... There was a time where it was three of us in a group. So it was in middle school. It was me, this other girl, and my childhood friends. Mind you, we've been friends. This new girl just came in our group. So it was all three of us. So the mother was like, okay, it's all three of you guys. I want to meet your mom. I want to meet your mom. And basically what you had to do was create like a dynamic in which whenever we would go hang out, she hung out with the moms. And I know it sounds so like, oh, that's cute, but that's good. And yeah, until you learn that whenever the friendship group had drama, the mom would take our drama and she would go discuss it amongst the moms. Or if you know, we had problems going on, especially with me and my close friend, she would discuss it um amongst her child. She would gossip and she would take our drama and just talk about it. And what happened was there's an altercation between the mom. So her mom didn't no longer got along with the new girl's mom. And that drama trickled down to our friendship group. And so because of that, the moms are telling her, you can't hang out with this girl no more. I don't want you being friends with her because she's a bad influence. I can't stand her mom. And basically, long story short, the friendship group was over. And I actually really, really, really liked the new girl. But the friendship group was just done and over. 2021 rolls by. And I'm learning how my childhood friend at the time was just centering all of her opinions, career choices around her mom, and it got to a point when I just could not be her friend anymore. I couldn't hold her anymore because time I would try to be friends with her, I knew I had to also be friends with her mom, and I wasn't there for her mom. I was there for her i w- I wanted to be friends with my friend, not your mom. and I knew any time I talked to her about something, she would go and tell her mom, and that was just too much for me. I couldn't hold her, so we're not friends anymore. And so now your friends find you annoying. Now you don't have any friends because you centered your mom in everything. People know when it comes down to maintaining a friendship with you, they have to also think of your mom. And that's not a healthy friendship. So when it comes down to creating friendship and lifelong partnerships. Even in marriage, you have women who get into these marriages and then they'll tell their mom everything about, about what's going on in their marriage. Every single thing. And now the husband don't trust his wife because he's like, I'm married to you, not your mom or vice versa. The wife can't trust the husband who is consistently consenting his mom because the wife is like, I marry you, not your mom. And you run into your mom about everything. She consistently calling this house. She's consistently at the house. She's consistently wanting to know this about our lives. It's invasive. And this comes from the fact that decentering your mom is very unpopular. And no one's teaching it. So it's new. But it's ancient wisdom. It's sacred wisdom. It's holy wisdom. And anyone can learn this when they initiate themselves into their priesthood. Decentering your mom is so incredibly important. And I written down these seven truths in my notebook not too long ago, and I want to read them. And it came down to decentering my mom. I wrote down these seven truths that have helped me a lot in my path. Number one, your mother's pain doesn't have to become yours to own. Your mother's mistakes doesn't have to be owned by you and isn't your fault. Your mom has a name and so do you. And each name holds different stories and wisdoms. What may be foundational for your mom may be useless to you. And what may be foundational to you may be useless to her. And that's okay. Just because she is your mom doesn't mean she speaks your language. Your mother's mirror may reflect something different about you, but it doesn't make it true. Because the only real reflection of you is your mirror. As long as your mother breathes, she still have much work to do. She isn't perfect. Mothers are to guide their daughters to the river and trust their daughters' knowings to be that boat that keeps them afloat. And these are the seven truths that I created that helped me a lot with decentering my mom. So you written them down. I want you guys to follow those seven truths, write them down, keep them in your notebook. Because these seven truths are incredibly important when it comes down to building sovereignty and decentering and taking your mom off of a pedestal. And that's really what a woman has to learn, that her mom is simply not this perfect being. She's not perfect. And there's a part of my life where I thought my mom was very perfect. She had no flaws. And so I held her to this pedestal. Anytime I need to make a decision, anytime I wanted to, you know, form a perspective or I had an opinion, I would look to my mom all the time because I saw my mom as this perfect being. But when I realized as long as she lives, she has work to do, that's when I realized my mom is not perfect. And because of the moms, this goes over to my next point. This is why it's so important that mothers share their stories. Stories are the things that keep the generations of women held together. And you have a mom who does not take time to share those stories with her daughter. This causes the daughter to see her mom as perfect. This causes the daughter to put her mom on this pedestal. Because mothers, usually a lot of moms, they withhold story. Due to a lot of mothers' fear of vulnerability, due to the threat of patriarchy exploiting it, she will withhold a very powerful life saving medicine, which is the medicine of story. Story is a thread that holds generations of generations of women tied together. And when story is not being shared, that thread becomes disconnected, and women within this bloodline are no longer able to relate to one another. So, this causes alienation, not being able to trust each other a lack of love, understanding, and care. Where a story is not shared, this is where we can usually see a lack of empathy and understanding. So a mother who does not share her story will probably create a daughter who cannot empathize with her, who cannot understand her. And a mother who does not create a space in which story can be shared, this mother will have a lack of empathy and understanding towards her daughter. There's mothers who are so judgmental of their daughters and their daughter's personal experience. And this is because the mother believes that stories are not meant to be shared. So what happens is there becomes a fear of vulnerability. The mother judges her daughter instead of empathizing with her because that thread is disconnected. However, when a mother shares her story and when a mother shares her wisdoms with her daughter, this is where empathy and trust and understanding is built. Because now the daughter can relate to her mom on different levels. Now the daughter can learn from her stories. This is why a story is shared. This is why a story is so important because we learn from stories. We learn from hearing about other people's past mistakes. Mothers, share your first heartbreaks. Share the time when you... Um, lost your job you share these stories because these stories it builds your daughter's oracle and it helps your daughter to navigate her own self and it makes you in a sense relatable it makes you okay my mom has her own stories and I can trust my mom because she's been through this however how can you trust a mom that does not relate to you on a certain level how can you trust her? How can you go to her for certain wisdom and certain advice when she is not vulnerable with you? When she doesn't even cast down her own vulnerability. When she doesn't share her own shadows. I'm not going to be vulnerable with someone who is not vulnerable with me. Who does not let down their guard with me. If someone has their guard up, I'm don't want. i I'm, I'm not safe with them. I'm not soft with them. I'm not tender with them. This is why mothers need to have sit down conversations with their daughters and tell their daughters, I've been through what you've been through. When I become a mother, I want to tell my daughter all of my personal stories. I won't say all of them, but, you know, the things that I know be useful to her on her journey of womanhood. Hey, when I had my first boyfriend, I've been through this. This is what I experienced. I want to tell her these things and I want to tell her these things because my stories will be the medicine to her. However, when you have a mom who doesn't share any of these things with you, what happens? There's a collapse. This is why my countryside experience, I have a whole podcast dedicated to my countryside experience. I went down to go, you know, spend some time with my grandmother and she's telling me all these stories. It It healed me so much. It heals when you hear the stories about your past generations. It heals when you hear the stories about your bloodline. You hear the stories about your great, great auntie. You know that it feels healing. It feels like medicine. And it's medicine because that that story is holding the thread together. It holds this, this, this line together. But when story is not being shared, it's a cutoff. And a lot of mothers are that cutoff. So now the daughter is out there feeling for herself. She's out there not knowing how to descend to her mom because she sees her mom as not only this imperfect, you know, this this perfect being, but she sees her mom as this person who almost can't be trusted. I think that you 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 have no flaws, but also a part of me can't trust you because I don't know you. (laughs) I don't know what you've been through. I don't know your story. I don't know what made you you what's your name and what's the meaning behind your name who is this person who has given birth to me but when you don't know the person who's given birth to you that is such a very lonely and sickening feeling it's like i don't know the person i've come from and this is why mothers need to take time to sit down at their daughter and tell them, this is, this is my story of the womb. This, this is how I birthed it, everything in my life. This is how I created. This is how I've navigated. She is an oracle and her daughter is as well. But you have a mother who is controlling, who loves dependency, who wants to criticize instead of building, instead of helping. Now you have a daughter who cannot decenter her mom. And because she cannot decenter her mom, she'll go into connections, relationships, not decentering men, decentering this person, decentering that person, because her mom didn't teach her this lesson in her early ages. So when we discuss decentering men, we cannot skip over the fact that we need to discuss decentering your mom. And this philosophy is not only important for women, but it's also important for men. And I know a whole lot of men who do not decenter their mom and it's annoying. It's like their mom coddles them. She is, I'm like, you want to be his wife? Like, do you want to kiss your son? Like, like, what? Like, oh my, like your son is not your husband. <laughs> yeah. That comes from the fact that mothers do not, a lot of mothers do not want to be decentered because that decentering, it makes them feel inferior because they love control. That descent tree reminds them that my child has their own identity. And a lot of mothers thrive in spaces where there's no identity. And so the mother wound is, you know, a big conversation amongst women and men. Because a lot of women have attached their identities to their mom. A lot of women have attached themselves so much to their mom, they can't even see themselves no more. You are your own person. In the end of the day, you are the only person that knows what is your medicine. You're the only person that knows what is nourishing to you. You're the only person that knows what you need in this lifetime to get everything that you truly desire. You are the only person that can build the life that you want to live. Your mom can't do that. Your husband can't do that. Your friend can't do that. Your brother, your sister, nobody can do that. No one will save you. Nobody will rescue you. Nobody will create this good, good, good life for you except you. This is why... You need to decenter your mom. And I think I'm gonna end it here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening. Thank you guys so much for holding space for my truths and my voice. I love you guys so incredibly much. Make sure to go follow all my social medias, leave your review. And also, as always, if you wanna work with me one on one, you can always go book your free 30 minute intro call. In my link. I love you guys so much. I will see you guys in the next podcast episode.